Welcome back to another powerful episode of Becoming Me, Discovering You. I'm your host, Kwan, and today we're going to be discussing a deeply important and sensitive topic, the experience of feeling suicidal during the time of depression. While depression can be incredibly challenging, it's important to always remember that there is always light at the end of the tunnel. In today's episode, I'll be telling you about my journey of suicidal thoughts and the incredible resilience it took to heal from it. So let's get into it a little more and discuss. Okay, y'all, so I would like to share my personal experiences with my suicidal thoughts and not only thoughts, I had a tips. So I do want to start off with saying that this topic really, really has been a a hard one for me. Um, With all my other episodes that I did, I hadn't done but three before this one, but with all the other three episodes that I did, it was pretty easy for me to sit down, press record. I did have to start over a few times just because I'm a perfectionist, but anyways, um, it was easy for me to sit down, press record, and go through my outline because I have an outline of what I want to say so I won't ramble on um, my podcast. I do have a tendency of rambling. So I do have to have an outline so it can guide me through how I want the episode to be so it can be presented to y'all well and it sounds professional. But for some reason with this one, it took me... It usually takes me about a day to put an outline together, you know, what I want to say, how I want it to flow, um, are we going to do the intro by itself, or whatever, whatever, whatever. But for this one, it took me about three days to come up with just the intro, you know, um, just to write the intro down and just to know what I wanted to say because I didn't want to offend anybody. Um, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes or anything like that. So what I had to do is what I do all the time is I had to pray about it. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just, usually I do, and I'm going to take it back. I do pray before every podcast I put out asking God to give me the words that I need to say so it can touch that one person that's listening for this guidance, this guidance that I'm giving out of the journey of going through my life and what I had to deal with or whatever. But on this one, it wasn't even, I had to ask for God to guide me and what I needed to say. But I also had to ask God for courage because I wanted this episode to be a little bit more personal. Um, I do feel like all my other episodes are personal. They do show who I am. You do get my story. In every episode, everything that I tell you is me, is true. But it was just something about this one that just really was really hard for me to do. Um, I get off of my regular job at 1 o'clock a.m. So usually when I get off on a Wednesday, today's Wednesday, well, technically Thursday morning. But anyways, I get off and I set up everything before I go to work. I have all my 
put my computer out. I put my mic out, my headphones out. I do all of that, set everything up so I can just get off and get right back on, get right back on my computer to start recording my podcast. So I already know we're going to do this. Today, I just could not do that. I could not find it in me to get on here and to discuss discuss this. Um, so what I did, again, I prayed. Um, I prayed and asked God to show me a sign if this is what I supposed to, if this is not what I was supposed to be doing, if I'm not supposed to be talking about this. Um, give me another topic to talk about. We can, you know, quickly put an outline together because it's nothing. It's easy. If I can have a topic, I can talk about it. But this one just would not go away. That little voice in the back of my head was like, somebody has to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this. Um, it's somebody out there that's struggling and need to know where I came from and it might just help them. So before I do, I am going to finally get into my stories. Um, as I told y'all, I have no outline, so I'm rambling. But I am going to get into my story. So <clears throat> the very first time I had a suicidal thoughts was about 15. If you heard my first, um, very first episode that I ever done, I told y'all what happened at the age of 15 till what I went through to now. I said I broke everything down to y'all, but it was at 15. Um, me and my mama was, she had left my daddy, as y'all know, they divorced. But anyway, she had left him by that time. So at this time, you know, I wasn't really being, I'm going to take that back because I was just with a lot of y'all. I was going to say I wasn't being rebellious, but I was. Um, so I was in that rebellion state, quote unquote. And I just wanted to do stuff that I never would think I would do before because the type of parent that my mama was, or not even was, the type of parent that she is, is she's very, un she's very cutthroat. She's going to tell you like it is. Um, she raised me to say, if a boy touch your booty, you're going to get pregnant. So for a very long time, most all my friends had lost their virginity and I haven't. So at 15, it was like, fuck it. Let's try it. You know, it's going to be great. It wasn't all that. It was okay, but it wasn't all that. It wasn't worth the disappointment that my mama felt when she found out. And she asked me, of course, you know, she had already knew. My mama the type of person, if she asks you a question, she already know the answer. So you either going, she either going, she's asking you this because one, you're either going to lie to her or you're going to tell the truth. I chose option one, so I lied. And even though in my mind I had already knew, she's asking this question because she already knew some type of way. How did she know? I don't know. But she had found out. And when she found out, it was like all hell broke loose. And to be understandable, it should have broke loose. I was 15 years old doing stuff that I should not have been doing because, again, I was only 15, had no kind of real experience. Um, if I can take it back, I probably would be a virgin until I was 18. I ain't going to push it too far, but by 18, I should have waited. 
Um, but so that's the reason she should have broke. She should have just wrote, wrote, raised all hell, broke every bone in my body, you know, should have been. But anyways, um, because again, like I told y'all, my mama always told me, oh, if you let a boy touch your booty, you're going to get pregnant. So really and truly, she know how you're going to get pregnant. So because I had already done what's, what can get you pregnant. And yes, at 15, I knew that you had to do more than touch my butt to get pregnant. Keep, let's not think that, but Anyways, so, um, you know, at 15, I already knew the risk of what could happen because um, it only take one time. And I, my luck, I, I have no luck if it's not bad luck. So with my luck, you never knew. Just was taking risks. So anyways, my mama knew this. And because she's my parent, she left the She left home. After we had the discussion of what happened, I finally told her the truth. And when I told her the truth of what happened, I could see the disappointment in her face. And it wasn't like disappointment, like, oh, you got a bad grade disappointment. Or it wasn't even disappointment, like you got in trouble at school disappointment. Because I used to get in trouble too. So it wasn't even that kind. It wasn't that kind of disappointment. It was the kind where you knew when you looked at her, you just knew, like, I would never get that innocent corn back again because she took this step into something she doesn't even know about. So I can see that disappointment on her face. And I'm the type of person that I can disappoint a lot of motherfuckers in this world. But my mama, she do too much for me to disappoint her. And I'm still like that to this day. It's just not to that extent of making me not want to be here. Like the thought of if I can disappoint her like this, damn, what's the point of continuing to be here to just be a disappointment to her? I felt that way. I felt like I was just being a disappointment to her. And that look gave me that. And if you ask my mama today, I can guarantee that's just, that's not how she felt. But to me, that's how I felt. So everything going through my mind of newly just being me and my mama in the house together because my mama was always the only one that raised me. But just going from not having to run to nobody else, like I couldn't run behind my daddy and hide when my mama was being my mama. You know what I mean? I couldn't go there for him to protect me, per se. So with all of that and knowing the disappointment, it was just really in my mind of what are we here for? Why are we here? Why would you want to keep disappointing her like this? And it was a real battle within myself because as I'm sitting here telling y'all the story, I can see the apartment that we lived in when I told her. I can see her face when I told her. Um, I can see when she left out of, the, out of the house and just, you know, I can see all that. I can remember it. And so after all, after she left and it was just like that battle within myself and the demon won and told me what we're not worthy. We're not worth to be here. Look what you did. Um, you can never undo that. You can never get that back. So why would you want to keep being here 
and being a heartbreak to her. And as I'm, what I'm telling y'all is the battle that I was having within myself. And I'm not even going to say within myself, the battle that, that the words that the demon was telling me or the devil was telling me that this is what you should do because you ain't worthy. You're not worth being here. So that's what I took. You know, I was weak and really didn't understand that if I just prayed hard enough and God has show me that that's not what she thinks, you know. It, she is disappointed, but she's going to always love you. She's going to always go to war for you. She's going to always be at battle for you. If I just knew at that moment to just pray and block it out or even hell, not even, or pick up the phone and call my mama and say, this is how I'm feeling. Um, this is what I want to do. I don't know why I want to do it, but this is what I want to do. But instead of doing that, I found Tylenol PM and it was a full bottle and I took every one of them, just about. And for some reason, not even for some reason, as now at 35, I know the reason, it was God. And she called to continue the conversation. Um, Basically after she calmed down, going to get her pregnancy test because, yes, we got to figure out if I'm going to be a grandma or not. So she called me, and it was right after I took the pills. And the only thing I can say to her was, I'm sorry, and I won't be a disappointment anymore. You don't got to worry about me. And hung up the phone. So after hanging up the phone and I'm not, I can't I can't really speak and say if my mama knew I was dealing with depression. I can say it. Dealing with depression and it wasn't to the point of that depressed. It was just, you know, the depression of adjusting to my new life or like I said, not having two parents in the house. Um or something like that, just adjusting to that. So she can tell that that was going on, but um so she knew something had happened and she came back home and now thinking about it, sitting here telling y'all like, what if she wouldn't call me? What if she didn't pick up the phone and she was she didn't call me and I had did that and she walked in the house and there I was, you know what I mean? Like, how does that look? To me, that's, and now when I, I don't, I don't think about have suicidal thoughts as often as I used to. It used to be like anything that just we don't want to be here. Just basically running. I'm running from I was running from any situation that I I used to deal with. Anything that was tough, I felt like God, why am I here? Like I can just take care of it for you so I don't have to keep dealing with this. I don't have to be your strongest soldier. Those were my thoughts. And as I have become on this journey of self-discovery, I realized that that's stupid. (laughs) It's really a cop-out for me. Um, It could be somebody out there that's dealing with or having suicidal thoughts, and I can easily let you know it's easier to talk to somebody than to just end it because... You never know what somebody else is dealing with and how somebody else can help you because it may not be 
a family member. It may not be a friend. It can be someone, a stranger you can talk to um, and just let, and you don't even have to tell them like, when I used to, people used to say, oh, you can talk to people. You can let them know this is when you're getting help in that process. So in my mind, I used to think like, why would I go up to somebody or have a conversation with somebody and be like, I'm having suicidal thoughts. How are you today? It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be awkward because it can just be a simple conversation. Somebody I've had conversations with people and I've said something to them first, like, oh, today's just not been a great day or something like that. And we went into a conversation about what's going on because, again, I'm a rambler. I'm a talker. I'm going to talk. So just having conversations with people and relieving that stress that you had can help, even if it's just for an hour, it can help. It clears your mind for that hour to think like, why would I want to do that? That's stupid. Just listening to this person's story, they got it 10 times harder than I do, but they smiling and telling me it's going to be okay. So why would I choose that path and it's somebody else out here suffering worse than me? But with suicide, it's, it's a crazy thing. Um, anyways, when I... When it happened, my mama came in. She, you know, called 911, figured out what I did. She called 911, got help. I was upset because not knowing, being stupid and thinking like, oh, I'm just going to go to the hospital and go home. But that ain't how it work. But anyways, it was the best for me. Um, I was able to speak to somebody to get some help. Um, for a long time, it worked. You know, for a long time, I was able to finally accept the things that was going on in my life. I was able to talk to somebody about it that wasn't my mom or wasn't somebody in my family, but I was able to actually release it. Um, so, you know, got on with my life. I went on. Um, it really didn't have, it really didn't come up as often. So in my mind, it was like, oh, we cured. I'm not going to say that I, was, I wasn't depressed, that I didn't deal with life, because at the end of the day, life is lifing. Um, but I really thought I was not in that phase anymore. And I call it a phase because that's what it was. But about a year ago, um, something almost broke me. I can't, I, I, it just, something almost broke me. And when I just said that when I attempted suicide, it was pills and it was, that was easier. You know what I mean? It wasn't less painful. It wasn't as, as dirty as some would say, if you watch crime, most women, if they're going to do a murder or if they're going to take their self out, it's going to be clean because we don't want too many people cleaning up behind us. So that's, that's that. But with this, it was, it was, I didn't give a fuck. Um, so about a year ago, something took, almost took me out. Um, I didn't have any pills this day, and that should have been just a sign, like, it's okay, you know, pray about it. Go in your little corner and do your thing, but it didn't. Um, again, the devil was in my ear, let me know, like, 
What are we doing this for? Why we keep dealing with this stress for? And I used to be a cutter to where it was superficial. Like I just break, break skin, you know, like basically playing so I can feel. Um, but this day it was like, we're going to see what that vein really can do. How fast can it take you out? And I usually can cut around it. It's nothing to brag about, but usually can that anatomy was okay with me. Um, but this time I hit it on the market, like I hit jackpot that day. And when it happened, it scared me so bad because it was like, oh my God, again that for me, it was always a thought for me, like, but but I'm a compulsive thinker, you know, like, um, like they say you see something, oh, my God, I just want to throw this everywhere. Oh, my God, I just want to hit it or something like that. You just see something like slime. I just want to touch it. Just got to touch it. I just want to feel what it feel like. And we know what it feel like. So that's what my mind is. My mind is when it gets an idea of something we have to go we have to go with it i'm a very compulsive thinker i used to be i tried to slow that down certain stuff i still just have to do like i know that's hot but i want to touch it so i may touch it but um it's nothing as deep as it was it was never and it was it was dark deep like dark compulsive like we got to do this we got to feel it um, so it was something that I needed to feel. I needed to feel that cut. So I did it and oh my goodness, I've never seen so much blood. But anyways, fast forward, I didn't tell nobody what happened. I made it all, you know, got all the way through. I made it. I was able to, um, luckily this is again, how you know it was God because I know I hit the vein that you don't supposed to hit, like the juggler in your arm. I don't even know what it's called. But that vein, I know I hit it because it bled, and it wasn't like trickling blood. It was squirting blood, so I know I broke the vein. Um, but anyways, all that, I, I was able to finally doctor it up. I probably bled, and it was probably very dangerous. I should have went to a doc hospital, but I just didn't. But I did end up being able to patch it up. Um, I bled probably for about two, maybe three days. At this time, I wasn't staying with my mama. I had my own place. So I was home. I didn't have to go. Um, I didn't go to my mama house. She stayed right down the road from me. And I used to go almost every almost every day. But I didn't go to her house for about maybe two, three months. Um, or maybe two, three weeks at the beginning. So because at the beginning, I had to have like a bandage on my arm. Um, so I didn't want to have to go around with a bandage because if you got a bandage, they're going to be like, why you got a bandage? So I didn't do that. I made sure I was able to put on like long sleeves. I always wore a jacket or something around. Or when I went around, I didn't move my arm so they can see it. Stuff like that, I, I played it off. I tried to hide it as best as I can. But always remember... Somebody is watching. Somebody sees something. And it was a minute ago. It probably was just about, 
ain't even gonna, it was probably about maybe the beginning of this year. Me and my mom was having a conversation about something that her and my brother was discussing. And again, we all are very close family. We talk about everything. We discuss everything with each other or whatever. So my mom and brother was talking about something. And I want to say it was suicide. I want to say, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's what they were talking about. But my mama told me, he was like, yeah, um, Mitra's made the comment. Um, I would never cut myself because I seen what it did to Quan's arm, to Quanny's arm. And just how I just got silent with y'all, I didn't know what to say, you know. Um, I really don't even think I still kind of, I think I kind of brushed it off like, oh, it's pro- it was nothing. Da, da, da. I don't even think I really had that conversation with my mama um, because I just didn't, I didn't want to do that. You know, I didn't want to have that conversation. But when I got off the phone, the impact that those words had on me, because um, at 15, it was just me. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't have a brother and sister at that time. They didn't come around till I was 16, a year later. But I didn't have a brother and sister at that time to to look at me and to notice the stuff that I do or notice the way that I act when I feel a certain type of way. And my sister, she may notice, but she's not she's not too much going to say anything. Like my brother, he like he like me and my mama. He going to say something. He going to bring it to to attention because he feel like it should be brought to attention. It's something that need to be discussed. And just getting off the phone and having to replay that back in my head and think like, damn, you really was going to do that to them? Like, you really was going to be that selfish and, and just end it because you can't handle life um because you in my mama's voice want to have a tantrum like it really made me sit back and think about what I do and the impact that I have on them like they 19 years old so they still experiencing the world and how can I give them advice and I can't even help myself or even encourage myself to to make it to know like they at the age where you really finna be dealing with unnecessary bullshit you know unnecessary bullshit finna come to them so how am I gonna give them the armor to take on the world and my armor shattering so that was the kind of that's what I thought about after after hearing that so with that it it really made me think about how how I want to handle myself when I get to that point. And it's just been simple. Like, I write a lot of shit down. Like, I have a journal. I got four or five journals, not just one. I write something. I even write on napkins. You know, like, I'm a I'm a person that's going to write. And, and I really can't have, and when I, I thought about it, like, you're writing a lot, but I really can't 
I'm not that person that they be like, oh, get on your knees and pray. I can't make up a prayer on on spot. I can barely pray over my food. All I got is thank you for this food and the nourishment of my body. Amen. But when it comes to like deep prayer and deep thoughts of letting it go to God, I never knew how to do that. And I think that was my, not even think, I knew, I know that was my problem with trying to overcome um, certain situations. So and, and again, I don't want y'all to think that, oh, prayer changes everything because prayer does not. It does. It helps. But when you pray, you got to be able, you got to be doing the work on earth while God is doing the work inside of you. You got to be able to do the work to accept what God is giving you because he always been giving us that love. He always been giving us that care. He's always been giving us that protection. We've always known that God ain't gonna put too much on on us that we can bear, but you got to be able to be able to get, talk to somebody, be able to explain, have a conversation with somebody and explain how you're feeling so they can help you navigate through those feelings and navigate to to be able to listen to what God got to because when your mind is cloudy you don't hear nothing but that cloud that rainstorm that thunder that's all you hear every day all day and I prayed I'm not the person that that when I'm going through something I'm not praying I'm asking God every day like God help me God guide me show me something but because I'm, I'm asking him to do these things and he he is he doing it he answering my prayers but because I'm so stuck on those last five minutes of bad time that I had, I done ruined the last five months because that's all I keep thinking about is the negative. I'm not thinking about, oh, it was negative five months ago, but this month it's a little bit better or five months later it's a little bit better. I'm still dwelling on it wasn't that good five months ago. So I'm not hearing nothing. I'm not thankful that I made it five months later. So until I was able to get the tools to talk to somebody, to let it out, like just really scream with somebody and learn how to unclear and unclog my mind so that I can hear God, that's what I had to do. So I took my journals and I started writing. Like I started writing to God. When I talk to God, I'm talking to God just like I talk to you. I, I throw a, cuss, a couple cuss words in there too, you know, because I don't, I can't not talk without a cuss word. I be trying, but, you know, um, but I do. I do honestly have conversations like I would to my friends with God. And that has helped me so much to lift so much off of me and still know he won't give me too much that I can't bear. But I can bear it because I'm not worried about something that's so fucking small that didn't need to be changed. Or it was done because it was done to show me that that person or this situation that you put yourself in was stupid. It was for me to learn from, not to stand in. So I had to learn how to pick my feet up out of bullshit and get out of it. So with my... The thoughts of suicide, it just is something that I hold dear to my heart. Like, I'm as as big of an advocate as I am with, in my mind, as big as an advocate. And I do try to let people know that mental health matters. 
it is something you should take care of just like you put your wigs on, just like we put our lashes on, nails on, face made up, everything we do to make ourselves look presentable on the outside. We need to find that same makeup for how to make us feel on the inside and know that our mental health, we ain't nothing just because we cute and we still got a whole bunch of shit going in our head. So it's nothing. So I had to figure that out to know that suicide ain't the way, you know, it's it's not. It's a real cop out. And I pray that if anybody that's listening to this episode and it's really all over the place, and I'm sorry about that, y'all, but anybody that's listening to this episode, I really, really pray that you find the help that you need so you can blossom into the person that God made you to be. It's never too late to do anything. It's never too late to accomplish a goal. It's never too late to forgive yourself. It's never too late to forgive that person that hurt you. It's never too late to move out of that mindset. We just got to take the first step. And I had to realize that I got to take the first step. I can't keep waiting on my mama to help me. I can't keep waiting on this nigga to figure it out. I can't keep waiting on my cousins to help me. I can't keep waiting on my friends to help me. I got to be able to help myself. I got to be able to look and know that this is it's just me and God. This is what I got to do. I got to be able to, one, unclear my mind so I can hear what the hell God trying to tell me. Two, I need to be able to figure out how can I stay in this moment? Because it's real easy to get out of that moment when that moment passes. And then when another moment, just like that moment come up, we back in the same cycle. So I had to figure out how to get out of that cycle because I was just walking in a circle. I'm good one day, bad the next day, good one day, bad the next day. So I had to figure out what's going to make me get out of that circle. What's going to make me feel motivated? What's going to make me feel like, you know what, bitch, you deserve to be here. The world is blessed because I'm here. And that's how I have to see it. Like, I have to be that big personality in my head, kind of like that in person, but not really. But I have to be that big personality in my head, like, bitch, we here. Bitch, I'm me. Who gonna be me? How can God make another me? He ain't made but one coin. So I have to keep giving myself that motivation to know that he ain't made but one coin. He ain't made but one battle that Kwan gonna go through in her life. Or multiple wars, or multiple battles within this war of life that I gotta go through. He only made that for me. And he made that for me so I can become the person he wants me to become. The person that before I was even born, he had vision that this is what she's going to do. These are the things she's going to be to accomplish in this world. These are the things that she's going to change for somebody. This is what she's going to be. But in order for her to be that, I got to take her through this. And until I started moving from just one of this that he took me through, I had to know that, okay, I got this through, so now I got to go over the next thing. So when I make it through this, because where I'm at now, it's a battle. I'm in a battle right now as I make this podcast. But making this podcast is letting me know that we got to keep motivated. We got to keep moving. 
Nothing comes to somebody that's just lying there. Nothing. Nothing but a daydream and a dream because you're going to eventually fall asleep. So ain't nothing coming to me but dreams and daydreams if I'm not moving. I'm wishing and hoping this is what I want to be. This is how I want my life to be. I don't want to feel depressed no more. I don't want it to overcome me to the point of I don't want to be here or I don't want to accept what God has has the battle God has given me because I feel like I'm too weak for it. So I had to figure out what was going to make me stronger. And what made me stronger was my family. I'm a big family person. I talk about my family probably every episode on this podcast, every episode on my YouTube or every ep- or every in person. I'm going to talk about my family because that's what motivates me. Being able to figure out now how the hell I'm going to pay my mama back for everything she did for me. Or how the hell I'm going to get my brother and them to be something or be better than what I am? No, I can't take it out of what they got to go through because they got to go through it on their own to be able to be the people that they need to be. But how am I going to be that motivation for them when their time comes? Or if how can I help them prevent their time, prevent from feeling how I feel? How can I help them? That's my motivation. What example can I show them? So that's the motivation that I decided. And they've been here for 19 years. My brother and them been here for 19 years. My mama been in my life for 35 years. And I just figured that out that they are the reason right now, just because until I figure out what that real reason is, they are that reason. They're the reason for me to continue to live. They're, re- they're the reason to, for me to continue to prosper and try to become something. They're the reason that that I need to wake up every day and not feel like shit every day. They're that reason. I'm not going to say I don't because it's hard. It's not easy. It's not a cakewalk at all to get through none of this. I'm still figuring it out every day, and it's going to be a battle every day. But in order to win that battle, we got to get up and fight it you are having any kind of suicidal thoughts or tr- attempt, if you ever attempted suicide, just know you not alone. You're not because I was there and I can tell you now it's a journey from getting from where you are now to where you need to be or at least where I am. And I'm not even 100% at all. I say I'm at least 25, 30%. I still got a long way to go, but at this 30%, I promise you, I feel, I feel worthy and, and I'm saying I feel worthy. I feel worthy to the point where I don't have to hear it from somebody else. I used to be that person. Like I just want somebody to tell me you doing a good job or great job. I don't have to do that no more because I already know like you did that. I can congratulate myself. I can pat myself on the back for just the simplest things or you made it through this depression today. You made it today. You can have no evil thoughts today. You made it. You just knew you was dealing with something and you knew you had to figure it out of how to get out of it, how to overcome it, how to become something different, how to have a different mood that day. I worked on it. So that's a congratulations to me. I didn't have to tell nobody that. I used to have to tell people those accomplishments. So that's why I'm at at 30% of just 
being happy that I figured it out and that I didn't have to think about something crazy to make me say, oh, no, don't don't think like that. No, I didn't have to go there. So it does take some time to get there, and it is a battle to get there, but I feel like it's worth it um, just to experience life, and life is no cakewalk at the end of the day. Like, God didn't promise us for it to be a cakewalk. He didn't. He didn't do that at all. That's why he gave us the will to make our own decisions, because if that wasn't the case, it would be perfect, you know. So I feel like some important steps that you do need to take to get to at least 30%. There are some suicide um, crisis lines. Um, I'm in Florida, and the number when I looked it up, I don't know if this is for everybody, but the number that I had, it was a 988 number. You can call that. It's 988 is the number. You can call that number or you can text it if you're not a phone person like me. I talk on the phone for eight hours a day. I don't want to have to talk to you, especially when I'm feeling, but I'm a texter. So if you are a texter, you can most definitely text and they can guide you to the right place of being on the right place and the right people to get in contact with locally in your area so they're able to help you. Now, the next step to me as most important is getting a therapist, speaking to somebody, um, letting them know why you feel this way, when these thoughts came to you, and why do you feel like it'll make you or make a better place for other people that you feel like you're disappointing. That was my my reason. I don't know if that's your reason, but um, talk to a therapist and as I said before, yeah, therapy is something that is hit or miss with some people, but I feel like you need to find a therapist that fits your personality, somebody that is going to talk to you your kind of way, you know, that fits your genre. I found somebody when I was going to therapy, the lady that I had, she was more my type of personality, somebody that sit back, chill, cool, talk to, and I felt like I was talking to, I ain't going to say an old friend, but like a nice close co-worker. So I did get close enough to her to be able to give that information. And after a while, she became a friend, not just a co-worker. But I really, she she fit my personality. She didn't push me. I'm not somebody that you're going to make talk or force to talk. She didn't do that. She allowed me to speak about what I wanted to speak about when I wanted to speak about it. So I liked it her. Um, so you do need to find a therapist that fits your personality and, um, just remember reaching out to somebody or reaching out for help to somebody is not a sign of weakness. It does not mean that you are weak. It does not mean that you can't do this on your own. It does not mean any of that. It only means that your, your strength, you're being able to be strength so that you can save yourself. You're showing self-love, not self-hate. So when you're reaching out for help, you're actually accepting yourself and letting yourself know, I love me. I love me enough to stay here. So um, I did ramble a little bit with the podcast. I had a little outline, but not much. I just basically spoke and let y'all know what was on my mind, what was on my heart. Um is not, it is all over the place, and I do apologize about that again, but I do want to go ahead and wrap up today's episode, 
And it has been kind of emotional. I did shed a few tears, not too many, but it has been an emotional um, journey from dealing with depression to being on the path of hope and healing. Always remember, it's critical to reach out to support if you or someone you know is struggling. There will always be someone ready to lean to um, lend a helping hand to you, someone that's eager to remind you that you matter. So before we leave, make sure you always are keep listening, keep learning, and keep becoming the best version of yourself. Thank you for joining me on this personal and important episode of Becoming Me, Discovering You. If you or someone you know is in a crisis, please remember that there are helpline services available and always remember you are not alone. Until next time, take care of yourself and keep becoming. And as always, have a great day.